another episode ready to go They're gonna talk about the good and the trash and anything in between Cherishing make-believe, get ready for Halloween, it's the horror show I know you miss those guys, tune in and find out what's on their list tonight They butcher and dissect, take apart and mutilate Listen to your two favorite brainiacs communicate It's the horror show Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Horror Show, the show that dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies and other horror-related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Hello, Joe. What's going on? Nothing, man. We are getting down to the wire here. We are counting down the days until Scream uh, 5 comes out, also just titled Scream. (laughs) Yes. As I realized today. Um, how are you feeling about that? How am I feeling about it being over? Yes. I mean, it's not nearly as miserable as some of the other series that we've no. done. So it was a nice ride. I'm glad that we did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, con- I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit worried about the tone in your voice of four. I feel like you need to put a little bit more respect oh. on it. What are your thoughts? Well, on- uh, that's a great question. Four is the best Scream sequel. Yes, That's, thank you. Thank you. Four, four is without a doubt the okay. best Scream sequel. I don't care what anybody says. Dude. Like I get I get arguments for other ones, but four blew me away. So I had seen four. I had it rated a mm-hmm. uh, pretty low score, actually. But I, I saw it in theaters. I rated it on IMDb. So that's all I, that's all I remember about it. I, don't, yep. I didn't remember who the killer was. I didn't remember any of the... You know, the kills or no. the twists and turns in it. Uh, so it was like watching it for the first time. I was not expecting much at all. And and 4 isn't perfect. Like no. I don't really love the ending, to be honest with you. But it is much more, in my opinion, in the vein of the first one. Like, it's a legitimate slasher. They brought back the gore. They brought back kind of like the scares. Like, it had just a, a darker tone to it. And... I really enjoyed it. There were moments in this movie that actually scared me, which I cannot be said of any other Scream, including the first one for me. You're I, not getting scared to Scream 2 or 3, right? Yeah. Uh, like, this is very atmospheric at times. Oh, man. This was so crazy good. And I had the same thought you did, which was I remember not liking it, and I don't remember anything else. And not a single thing about it I remembered. Um Yeah. And while Googling a little bit today, it seems like we're not the only ones. There were like three different articles that were basically like, like at the 10 year anniversary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because this is this is the 10th year anniversary of it. Um, It turned 10 last year. Yeah. yeah, So so in 2021, a bunch of articles had come out that were like, hey, remember how we all said we hated Scream 4? Well, we were all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And so it seems like that was just like a general feeling at the time. Um. And it, it was its lowest grossing – it was the lowest grossing Scream flick. So – Yeah. I don't think there was much interest at that time. For me, I'll speak just for myself. Like When I heard there was a new Scream movie, it was just kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll go see it, I guess. And again, I didn't really like – I think they fumbled the ending a bit. Mm-hmm. Not even like the twist, just the events that, that happen uh, isn't the most solid. But I did not remember it being – like this deeply rooted in actual horror as opposed to like campiness and meta-ness. Right. And I liked, I liked the remake angle of like explaining the rules of a remake. Yeah, no, uh, man, I, I just genuinely like all of it. I love Hayden Penetier also. 
She's good. That that haircut is crazy because it looks like it's pulled back and then she turns her head and it's like, oh, there's just literally nothing else there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's sc- impressive. Scream 4 was behind the likes of, and you know, this is you know, this is something to be said here. Um, Paranormal Activity 3 was the number one performing horror film um, in the United States. Um, or maybe, maybe all time. I think all time. Then Insidious, Final Destination 5, <laughs> and then Scream 4. Okay. So, you, you can... People were... They were over it. They were over it, man. Like, it, And you can see where the trend was going, right? These more... Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Like, lower budgets and, you know... Um, I don't know what you would call it. Like, I want to call it like teen friendly kind of like, I, I don't know what, I don't know. It was just connecting with kids younger than us. Right. What, what year did scream three come out? Uh, it came out in 2000, 2000. So 11 years had passed. Yeah. It's so nothing. weird. It's so weird. What, what time does, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you like 11 years seems like a long time. So you would think that people were all about that. But now, now that even more time's passed, you know, twenty five years has passed since the first one. Yeah. Now people are like, "Let's fucking go!" I can't wait. Like, I can't wait for the scream movie. So it's kind of like like Limp Biscuit. We always talk about Limp Biscuit. Yeah. If Limp Biscuit released an album, you know, five years after Gold Cobra, nobody would give a shit. But now they're like back, and people are like, F- "I fucking love Limp Biscuit." Like, it's just <laughs> weird that you need to wait the appropriate amount of time for Be- people to love you before again. you come back and people yeah. love you again. Yeah, I know. I'm curious how this one does. Like. They're not, they don't have their, well, I guess they have their hopes set kind of high. I had read that they were looking for 35 to 45 million, which is right in the range of what they've always done. So they're not even expecting like the big turnout for the return. Yeah. I feel like it's going to do well. I, I think it has a lot of hype. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they announced this one in 2008. Um, the Weinsteins did, but no one was even connected to it yet. Uh, Weinstein's, um, first sign up Kevin Williamson, uh, who they still hate each other, but are constant. Dude, and fucking 11 years pass, and this film is still riddled with rewrites. <laughs> riddled to the point where actresses, uh, or actors rather, uh, or do you, we just say actors for all of them, right? Is that what it, the rule is? Or I don't even know. Anyway, actresses, actors, uh, Quit, <laughs> quit uh, after announcing that they were on it on national uh, TV shows, late night shows. They announced that they're going to be in it and like two weeks into production. We're like, I'm not doing this. This is fucking psychotic. Which is also funny. I think the time thing plays a part in it because like, at the time that the first three were coming out, it was like a different era, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of okay to do it on the lamb and make things up as you go. And now Hollywood was so different and like concise nobody has time for that shit let's go somewhere else i don't think even then that it was even like that dude i i've never read more messy shit in a movie than these scream movies which is nuts because like they have so much behind it right they have so much power behind it like why are they being held over the barrel by like another production for nev campbell like like what like this is scream like Drowning Mona waits, right? 
I've heard interviews with um, the guys from uh, View Askew, like Kevin Smith and uh, what's it, Scott Mosier. Uh, and they had a scheduling conflict with, oh, fuck, I forget the jo- Joe Silverman. Was that his name? John Joe Silverman, the producer. Um, yeah. And so Chris Rock was blowing up at the time of Dogma, right? Um, And there was a scheduling conflict, but they were able to, like, get Chris as soon as he left whatever project he was working on. It was, like, a major thing, right? It was, like, his first, like, big, like, this is going to be Chris's big performance type thing. (laughs) And and, um, it got delayed. And Scott Mosier, who was the producer for View Askew, was like, hey, um, we really need Chris. Like, because we're on a schedule, too, just like you guys. And you said you'd have them available this week, so we planned everything. And the guy just over, like, on the phone and was like, you fucking idiot piece of shit. Do you know who I am? <laughs> and he was like, he's not going to your fucking movie, and he'll come when we're done. And he was like, okay, man, like, I, I, I'm i not that upset by it. Uh, and he was like, but, uh, you know, like, <laughs> that's fine. Just let me know when he's ready. <laughs> oh, it was Lethal Weapon 4. Lethal Weapon 4. I forgot Chris Rock was in there. Yes, it was Lethal Weapon 4. And they were like, you fucking ungrateful fucking idiot. You'll never work in this <laughs> town again. Joel Silver, yeah. <laughs> and the guy was like, listen, uh, I hope I get to keep working. But also, I just want to figure this out. <laughs> but they were able to keep him and everything went on. But, like, wh- why was that card not pulled for Nev for, like, Scream 2 or 3 or whatever that was when, when that happened? Great question. Great question. Like, it was like Drowning Mona, so she could only film for three days. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking kidding me? Drowning Mona? Um. Anyway, so he brings back Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson uh, delivers a script, gets mad at the script because they decide to make changes. Uh, and again, Williamson's story is very foggy. I'm just going to throw this out there. I think Kevin Williamson is... <laughs> A fucking pathological liar. That's what I. <laughs> that's what I think. His statements on the matter are so insane. So he claims that they started rewriting it, changing the ending, and things like this. And so he got mad, and he's like, "I'm done." So, so he left, and then they hired other writers, uh, including that guy um, from Last uh, Scream Three. Uh, what was it? Aaron. Aaron Kruger? something. Yeah, Aaron Kruger. Um, so they bring him in to like do a bunch of rewrites and stuff. I think ultimately it was better than the last two, but it was still how kind do we of not. Mess. How do we not live in a simulation? You, you get somebody with the last name Kruger working on the Wes Craven's fucking movies, <laughs> called in at the last minute to do script writing. That's, that's insanity. I know. I know. Also, there's a story through multiple sources. So, like, Kevin Williamson's story is I showed the script to Wes, and then Wes was like, okay, because Wes had claimed he'd only do it if it was very good. So Kevin Kevin showed him the script. Wes was in. Wes was in. And then he brought, he basically, Kevin Williamson claims like he put it all together. Thing is, Weinstein's announced this in 08 before Kevin Williamson was brought on board and apparently <laughs> hired three of the writers that had worked on Scream, including Kevin Williamson, to write a script. And they were like, we'll just pick the best one. Because like, fuck, fuck this mess shit that we always run into. <laughs> like, this is fucking too much. Um so, yeah, I don't know. And then also back to, like, Kevin Williamson being like, they fucking cut up my whole movie. Wes Craven's quote is being like, oh, no, this is, like, entirely Kevin's script. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> like, barely anything was changed. This is 100% Kevin. 
<laughs> it's so bizarre that he's like, fuck this movie. What the fuck? Um, the, the, the original producer of Screams 1 through 3 was Kathy Conrad. 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 Um, and she gets booted on this one. She She's fired from a Scream 4, which seems odd because, you know, you just keep that producer rolling. <laughs> and she's... She is booted because Wes's wife has decided that she would like to produce the Scream movies. (laughs) Now, now you can take that any way you want. She was like, she did do some like production assistant work and like some other stuff, uh, like even dating back to like the 80s and stuff. Um, So she's not like unfamiliar with the work, but it seems like an odd move, right? Like this is a, a massive franchise. You want your producer to be... You know, and, and the rumor has it she was an absolute fucking nightmare on the set. Like, absolute nightmare. Like, there's stories from the actors being like, she was the worst. Like, she was awful. Like, absolutely terrible. Um, and that, that even goes on because Kathy was the same. I mean, she wasn't as bad from what I read, but it, it seemed as though Wes was too shy and kind to, like, do anything so he had well you've you've highlighted that every episode so far (laughs) okay i i didn't know if i talked about it but he's like very shy and kind and like i guess kathy and now his wife were kind of put in a position where they were like they had to clean up wes's mess wes's messes if you will um so yeah so that's that's you know you're reading this so far you're kind of like this doesn't make for a good movie um I don't know what pulls this together, but... I don't either, because also, I think we talked about it last episode, but Dewey no longer has a limp in this movie, which he's had. He's he's kept it up for the the prior three. And in the script, they didn't... It's so weird to cut this out, too, because in the script, it just says his limp is non-existent, years of physical therapy. Yeah. Which... It's such a throwaway line, but I'm okay with it. But, but for some reason, they cut it from the movie. Well, it would take it was no just, effort. Dude, it wasn't even a line. It was just screen direction. Like, so if you were reading the script and had a, if you, and were curious, that's just what happened. <laughs> All right, fair, fair. So, so then I guess my problem is why couldn't you just have a character mention it at one point? It's like, hey, Dewey, your limp's gone. Why did he's you, running into people? Why did you ever put that in any of the movies to begin <laughs> with? <laughs> Dude, Courtney should have the fucking limp. Courtney's been stabbed in every aortic artery possible. (laughs) They've all just been fucking run through the fucking mill. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, That that Kathy, she's an EP for this one, though. She's an executive producer. She's also an executive producer on the fifth one. Um, And Wes's wife is no longer involved with the franchise, so we will not see her. Um, Kevin, Kevin Williamson, I'm just going to harp on this guy a little bit more. Um, uh, he said, I want to write a story where you actually care about our characters and it's a plot that you watch them walk through. It's not all about the next kill. It's not all about slice and dice. I was watching Saw six on pay-per-view the other night and I was like, this is really just going from one kill to the next to the next. It's fun, but I want to tell a story. Well, that's funny, Kevin, because you had... Well, I guess he didn't do three, right? Well, although he was kind of involved. Why didn't you do that for the second one then? Like, what What do you... He's he's saying this for the fifth one that's about to come out? No, the fourth one. Oh, he said that for the fourth one. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you didn't do that in two. (laughs) 
<laughs> also, like, like, like this one up the kills, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, yeah, it did. Way... What the fuck is this guy talking? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Scream 3 writer Aaron Kruger, Kruger was brought in during production to do rewrites. Craven said, look, <laughs> there was a bumpy period when things shifted from Kevin to Aaron. I signed up to do a script by Kevin, and unfortunately, that didn't go all the way through the shooting, but it certainly is Kevin's script and concept and characters and themes. Additional rewrites were made by Paul Harris Boardman. It was reported that the actors were not given the 140-page script. Um, they only got 75 pages, which must be super fun as an actor. I'd be so mad. I, I could never do that. <laughs> Kevin Williamson also said he wanted to bring Jamie Kennedy back, but he just fucking couldn't. <laughs> Dude, that, that would be fucking nuts Because he said if I did that Then Scream 2 was a lie You know It's a false move And 3 Well but they've already 3 already like rewrote the first two So what the fuck does any of it matter Just bring them the fuck back um, Although no I'm, I'm actually glad I, I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, What's his name uh, Jamie? Jamie Kennedy lately, but I, I'm glad to not see that guy on in the fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Wow, he's looking rough. He's he's looking a little rough. He's looking a little rough. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. There, there's some other articles that came out that are just kind of weird about him. But anyway, um, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Scream Four was nominated for Teen Choice Award for the best horror movie, but lost to Paranormal Activity Two. <laughs> so. Uh, wait, 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 wait. But Paranormal Activity 2? Well, it probably was like an overlap because it's the Teen Choice Awards. It's not like. Yeah, but, but, but part three. But it might have come out office. after. It might That might have come out after in that year of 2011, you know? That's fucking nuts. <laughs> fucking, we just did this on our Patreon. I, I don't get any of this. No, no, <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're nominating the albums shows. from fucking two years ago. None of it makes any sense. <laughs> Oh man. Um Yeah, and then a, a little a little background here too. Uh you already covered Dewey's limp. Um but CGI is also the newcomer to to Woodsboro in this one. I don't know if you could tell, did you? Um not really to be honest with you. Oh man. So I think it was actually done like kind of well, but there was no knife on set. It was all CGI. The knife was CGI'd. Um which seems extreme. Wait. Is that true? Because I sent you that gag reel. So real quick, there's a, there's a gag reel for Scream 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Wes just keeps scaring the shit out of people. That was his, like, gimmick yeah. for the entire shooting. And he would have actors open doors or, like, look in the closets. And there would actually be somebody in there in the ghost face mask. And the reactions would be genuine. Didn't make it into the movie. He was just doing it to be a fucking menace. But he would get everyone. But they had knives. Like, Anthony Anderson has a whole bit on that gag reel where he's getting stabbed in the head and it's one of the knives that, you know, it looks real and then it pushes in. Oh, that's fucking weird. Cause they claimed it's all CGI and they did not have any of the push in ones. I mean, it's in the gag reel. That would be nuts if they only used it to like fuck with people. That, but, that's I mean, that, that, that scene, that scene is in the movie. So I would, just they probably had, that. they probably had the real ones out. Maybe they swapped them out for some of the more intense. Although that Anthony Anderson seems like the most intense fucking the most intense, He goes right through his fucking eye. <laughs> 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 fucking crazy. I don't know, man. I, that's interesting, but 
But the CGI is definitely there. Um, the blood, they do the CGI blood through the shirt. You can definitely tell. Um, but honestly, uh, still better than fucking, like, you know, it's CGI and shit. Shit we've covered. So, God bless them. Um, uh, what else? I think that's, I think that's the all. First, the first Scream movie to not feature red right hand. <laughs> thank and fucking God. <laughs> I fucking thank them. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the criteria to moving it to the second best uh, screen movie. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, that's that's about all I've got. I think. Um, oh yeah, Lauren Graham was the one that dropped out. Right? She's uh, from Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls. She was she was going to play the uh, Nev's aunt, um, but dropped out. <laughs> dropped out after rewrites. <laughs> It's also weird. I actually went through the. It's like, crazy because, dude, that that role is on screen for like, I don't know, seven total minutes. Well, like that's where I'm curious about the rewrites because I feel like she probably had a bigger part, and then suddenly. Oh yeah, gone. yeah, that's why. Yes. By the way. <laughs> By the way, you're not a part anymore. <laughs> yeah, you, you could you you couldn't matter less in this movie. <laughs> so little that uh, I was actually confused about who she was in relation to everyone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'd bounce too. All right, you ready to hop into this flick? Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, and also, we have emails from fans that, like, sent us scream moments. Should we save that for the end? Yeah, let's do it at the end. Oh, wait, should we save it for the end of five? Because I feel like we're going to talk less about five, right? Yeah, we can do it for five. All right, let's. All right, so guys, if you want to send in your scream moments and memories, send them over to me, Sean at IHateHorror.com. I have all of them that you've all sent. We'll pick out some of the best ones. I I love them all. They're all great. Um, thank you all for sharing them with us. But let's let's share them at five because five is in a theater, so it's gonna be tough taking notes. So <laughs> you know, are we going together? Or are you? Are you? What time are you going? Ah, uh, fuck! I'll send you the time. I'll send you the time. Southington or Wallingford? That's a good question. Now, I, I usually go to North Haven. Um, <laughs> but Fuck le- that. I know, I know. I'm an idiot. But I'm like, I like it there. I don't know. Um, nah, that's a, it's, a, it's a great theater. It's actually like, out of the two Joe named, it's like the cleanest, nicest one. But the problem is the crowds can be, can be massive and insane at times. That's <laughs> and, true. That's true. And that's actually a good point. And I should probably change where I bought my tickets. Although, that's why I like Southington. Like, you go at noon yeah. and there's like two elderly people in there. So. If I was smart, which I might have been, but I might not have been, I think I might have thought of this and said... I'm going to do Southington instead. I think I might have done that. But that's giving me a lot of credit. So, Because <laughs> I for sure know the problem with North Haven. And it will happen at Scream 5 opening weekend. So, um, All right. Let's hop into this bad boy, baby. Um, the intro to this movie is over the top. Uh, unnecessary. Kind of liked it, kind of hated it. <laughs> All right, so it's the most meta this movie is going to get, which is really a difference between the last two, right? Sure. Especially the third one, which was super meta, which which I did like. Um, I think if uh, it's almost hard to explain this, so it starts off with a movie within a movie, but when you're watching it, you don't know that. I think right. if they made that like the real 
open, like the real events in the film, it would have been fucking awesome because it was honestly kind of like intense that scene. And then when you realize it's a movie, it's it's stab six or stab five, whatever one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, a little weird, <laughs> a little weird. Yeah, this opening, like, uh, I don't know. So they do it three times too. By the way, there's three. Yeah, there's three opens. There's three openings. And the first one, I was like, oh, she's got a T-Mobile sidekick. And then I was like, wait, this is 2011. Which, by the way, I love my T-Mobile sidekick. But I would do anything to have a T-Mobile sidekick again. But I was like, that that doesn't... 2011, like, like we're way into the iPhones at that point. Like, like right. that's yeah. kind of crazy. So I was like, oh, but then it being an older movie, because they're already on, like, they're on stab like that was, seven or nine or something. Yeah, that, that was six, and then the one right after it is seven. Yeah. So, you know, so I was like, oh, all right, that makes sense. Um, so you get that first kill, which was cool. You get the second one with Kristen Bell and uh, fucking... Anna Paquin. Paquin. Jessica. Uh, from fucking True Blood. Uh, that one I liked also, but, like, that one was a lot more gaggy, right, than the first one? Like, Yeah. The first one was like legitimate horror movie. Yes. Um, I didn't know who the two actresses were, uh, so I didn't expect them to survive, right? And it, it was pretty intense. And then, like I said, it cuts it cuts, and it goes into Anna Paquin and Kristen Bell. And you're like, this isn't part of the movie. This, it, this yeah. is another cop out. It feels like the fucking, like the uh, like MTV Movie Awards bit or something. Like it, it was just like, oh, like, okay, now we have to sit through this. And it's less cool. <laughs> And then that is that. And by the way, these are all leading into the people watching that movie. Right. So it like pans out at the, at the end of somebody dying. And it's like, well, that movie was pretty great. Like, oh, the movie sucked. Um, So then the third pan out, they're like, you know, they're talking about stab and you're like, is that how many more times can this happen? (laughs) I'm not, I'm not really (laughs) sure. Oh, fuck. Now I wish, now I wish. They just went for the gusto and did, did, did that for the whole first hour. We would for sure be the ones to do that. Show it to Bob Weinstein and he'd be like, I'm going to fucking slit your throat. <laughs> How much money is left on the budget? None. Uh, we, we've, we were actually going to ask you for more to finish the last half hour. Um, yeah. Uh, but the third one uh, happens to be the real one, thankfully. Yes. Um, and you have this girl, Marnie, um, she's the only one whose name I really, I really got. And there's an alternate intro to this, which is interesting, but, um, ultimately I love the lines in this Ghostface says people live, people die. You better start running. Um, and, and both girls end up being stabbed and, you know, thrown down. Oh, and they're pretty brutal, but not too brutal. Right. Right. So we're not more sure. so, more so than like the kills in three. I would right. Say. So we're like, you're not sure what you're in for at this point, but it changes insanely. And actually, the original one shot is insane. It's actually nuts. Um, so there's two alternates to this. One is the death scene, which is Ghostface actually kills the first girl on the couch in front of the other girl, and the other girl's like, "Ha ha, I get it. It's a joke," which is insane, but. <laughs> Like, she's watching Ghostface kill her. 
And she's like, okay, who is that in the mask? But like, also like, wouldn't that be exactly what you would do? Like that would be a thousand. It's one of those instances where it's so ridiculous that it's like the logical thing that would happen because you're not going to be like, Oh, like this is actually happening right you would just be like okay go fuck yourself you finish watching stab and paul's getting stabbed on the couch you'd be like okay i get it like exactly. yeah, the fuck like who is that yeah, a motto would, or a- I would, yeah exactly i think it was, i think it would be mike right and so that that would be my reaction like, go fuck <laughs> fuck off with that. <laughs> yeah um so that was the alternate to that and then Ghostface does the same kill on the girl there um but then there's a second alternate to it which is um, there's an addition where Dewey and um, Judy Hicks, who we'll introduce here shortly, uh, they find the bodies, and one is hung up on the hung by the like ceiling fan or something, like like with her fucking guts hanging out, and it it says, "What's your favorite scary movie?" written on the wall in blood. Um, it's like a brutal open. Why did they not do that? Huh. Why did they not use that? I don't know. I don't know. My guess is maybe to like save the like gore. Like, uh, just thinking about it now, like, like I said, you watch that and you're like, well, let's see what we're in for. You know what I mean? So it might be a better surprise when the first kill happens that you're like, oh, this is what we're in store for. Like, because like the kills in this are fucking nuts, right? Like, the gore is <laughs> insane, like next level. So I feel like they wanted maybe to like wait for that. I don't know. I, I that's just my guess, like just based on my reaction to it. Because like, if you busted that out in the first fucking thirty seconds, you'd be like, oh shit. Although actually, yeah, they should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is hard to like live up to like um, Green Inferno, the Eli, the Eli Roth movie. Uh, yes. that first kill is great, and you're like, oh my god, I, I'm so pumped for what he's going to do next, and then. It's ultimately disappointing. Yeah. So, probably uh, for the best. Yeah. Um, flashes Scream 4 on the title. Get some song. Um, and and we see some terrible... <laughs> a town full of terrible children who uh, have organized to put ghost faces over every lamppost because it's the 15-year <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> Fucking psychos. <laughs> we, we've talked about it before. It, our, our hometown has had a tragedy. Could you, if somebody did that, they would be beaten to death, right? They, Hanging they would, like their faces on lampposts, being like, yeah! That's, that's fucking insane. And only 15, 15 years is recent memory. That That's like, the wounds are still healing. That's fucking insane. Now, I agree with you, right? I totally agree with you. However, I thought of a comparison to this that has actually happened in this world. And I don't know, I, I I didn't look up the dates because obviously that would, uh you know, uh, uh, that, <laughs> that would have made sense to do. <laughs> God damn it. Um, uh, I'm just trying to figure out, oh, man, October the show, it's been a tradition. Okay, so this is way later. Okay, so never mind. So here's what I thought, though. Town that dreaded sundown. Okay. Based on a real crime, yeah, that actually happened, like a murder spree that actually happened in a tiny ass town, and they do do that showing every year of the town that dreaded sundown. But I mean, that is a good comparison. How long? How long between the events and it, started? So it's a long time because the movie was seventy seven. 
Um, I, that's what I was trying to figure out when that the actual murders happened because I thought the murders were in like the sixties. Um, but I'm not sure. That's what I was trying to figure out. Um, so the, but the movie 77 and the, the tradition of showing it started in 2003. So you're talking about like okay. what, 40 a, years. A little, yeah. To be honest, it's still insanity. To do that. <laughs> it's still really crazy. If you break it down, like in your hometown, you're like, yeah, fucking murders. <laughs> some of those, some of the victims family probably still lives there. They got to yeah. see you celebrate, which ties into this movie because not only is somebody doing that, but later on they're having a party. <laughs> oh to, wow! To show the movies to celebrate. So it was almost sixty years before the murders were in forty six. Okay, so that's a long ass time. I mean, that's a long ass fucking time. So, but still, it is crazy. It is fucking crazy. To do. <laughs> it's fucking a little bit wild, but you know. Remember when he stabbed the guy in the butt with the trampoline? Yeah, it was trombone. Sick. Trampoline. <laughs> that movie is the fucking best. Um. So yeah, 15 year anniversary, and Sydney's back. She's back. She's back. She's a author now. Uh, yes. With the love of my fucking life, Allison Brie. God, I, I. She's dude. I I, she's song. gorgeous. And she's great in this movie. She's great in everything. Community was top notch. I fucking love her so much. I think she's just the greatest human being. Um. And she's back as a uh, Sydney's like book agent or agent, I guess. Yeah. Um, yep. And they've come back to uh, Woodsboro, you know, exactly why you'd think to sell some fucking books on the anniversary of, of the murders. Um, not exactly a very Sydney like thing, but you can tell she's being pressured into it. They make that very clear. Yeah. And it's a self-help book. So it's yeah. not like she's exploiting anything. No, no, she's not doing the old Gail Weathers thing. Uh, and speaking of Gail, we see them next for the first time. Uh, she's back. She looks great. She looks looks great. (laughs) Thank God. They, (laughs) that fucking hair is gone, but yeah, she does look good. And her and Dewey are together to start the movie fucking finally. Um, but what's sad is they are of course separated in real life at this real life. (laughs) And don't they still have great, they still have great chemistry. And in in that gag reel, he's like pissing that toilet in front of like it does not seem like they're separated by any means. She, yeah, I guess there were some issues on set, but like not many. And they say like that they got along really well. And like they were separated. They weren't divorced yet. They would get divorced like a few yeah, years a later. Years later. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it's just it, it, there's some scenes in that that I'd be like, I'm not doing this scene with him. Like specifically the end of the movie when she's like they have like that heart to heart. And it's very like. Because, again, as usual, Dewey and Gale hate each other. <laughs> Even though they're together to start the movie, they immediately fall out <laughs> like as soon as the movie starts. Um, so they're they're not getting along in this movie. And they kind of reconcile at the end. And it's like a real poignant thing. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, they were actually going through some shit. Imagine, like, looking that person in the eye and be like, I love you. I have your back. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, I'm not doing that. Get a fucking stunt double to do it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they're, they're back they're They're together. Um, we then meet some new players, Kirby played by Hayden Panettiere, a character I fucking love. I fucking love. Yeah. Um, character. I think if you're going to replace Randy with anyone, that was it. Like that was the move. Kirby was the move. I loved her so much. She knows her shit for sure. 
And like, but like in a little bit different way than like, like Randy had like such a hard on for that shit and was just like, like, like being like, how have you never seen prom night? Well, fucking relax. All right. Kirby was like the fucking cool one. Like the one, like, like you and Paul where like, you guys don't go out at your, you like do shit like that, but you'll randomly be like, um, slaughter vomit dolls. And like, everyone will be like, wait, excuse me. <laughs> you'll be like, never mind. Like, you'll bring up something no one's ever seen or knows about. And that's what Kirby is. Like, Kirby is... Kirby's cool as fuck. And, like, whereas Randy was a fucking dweeb. And <laughs> and, and I, I dig Kirby's approach to being, like, a, a horror buff more than Randy's, like, rants. And watching fucking Halloween screaming for her to look behind her. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, so I love Kirby as that character. I think it's fucking great. Uh, the thing about about doing this is realizing that not only is yelling advice at a movie character idiotic, but Paul has done that in multiple occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, like, yeah, Paul something. I don't know. I was gonna. <laughs> he says that shit to us like in the chat too. He'll be like, "This is ridiculous." Also, I oh, love. Come on, guys. <laughs> Yo, yeah, you liked your Joe the other day about a picture Joe shared. Also, he was like making up shit. Like he was like, I'm not gonna get into it. But anyway, he was saying things he didn't know. <laughs> um, I also love seeing Paul message because I don't really check the the horror show Instagram anymore. Um, because Reagan's doing fucking bang up job on that. Um, but like, I still get the alerts and it's so funny when I see Paul respond and I'm like, dude, like, how does he not know that that's not me yet? Like, and, and fuck, I gotta bring it up because Reagan was like, uh, I'm putting this on unread so Sean can read this. Um, fuck, hang on. Oh, fuck. I don't have it on here. But he he brought up the uh, the bit of the knife hitting um, David Arquette in the head in part three. Yeah. And he said, fuck, I want to read it verbatim. Um, let me just see if I can pull it up here. But he mentioned about a time when... <laughs> he mentioned a time when... Uh, Tim? He, <laughs> he didn't list any names. <laughs> in the treehouse he said it was with, with a hatchet you ever you ever hear the story <laughs> which by the way he's sending this to an instagram run by somebody else <laughs> i know exactly what he's talking about you ever hear the story about when i saw someone throw a hatchet at another kid <laughs> at another kid's face from like Dude. 10 feet away and Dude. somehow the back of the hatchet <laughs> murder <laughs> It just put his it just put his mouth up instead of murdering him. Dude, that's, that's fucking insane. I forgot about that. <laughs> she said, I'll put this back on red so Sean could see it because that sounds like quite the story. <laughs> she like probably called the police. <laughs> like it was for sure a murder. Um well that's like super terrible, man. That's like <laughs> That's like, were you, yeah, I know. Were you there? <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> That's so insane. But I know the party is involved. Oh, my God. Um, oh, that's so fucking funny. Uh, we also meet Emma Roberts, daughter of uh, 
Eric. Eric. The king of 80s. I don't even know what he was. Somebody asked me about like who Eric Roberts was because I was talking about him. And I was like, I wanted to call him like an 80s action guy, but he's like kind of not. Like he was just like. A- Dude, he's in like 425 movies. <laughs> so like he's, he's the most prolific actor I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, and then there's this other girl, Olivia, who, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't know anything. <laughs> um, but Jill on her way to school gets the first call from Ghostface, which they kind of blow off. No, they don't think anything of it. Cause guess what? It's the 15th anniversary. Uh, we meet deputy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I'm laughing at Paul sending that to fucking Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story that probably like. It shouldn't be repeated ever. But yeah, he lectures us about something that he thinks is not appropriate. (laughs) Hey, here's a story about when I was nine and we threw a hatchet at another kid's face. (laughs) Um, We then meet Judy Hicks, who is the new deputy in town. She's definitely like somewhat portrayed as a little bit like Dewey. Um, yes, and, yes, and it, the female it, Dewey, the female Dewey. And she, she kind of makes it seem like she might have a thing for Dewey at the beginning. The, my one complaint she, about her is they definitely tried to make her a red herring in this. And I think that just took did. away from the whole, her being Dewey, the new Dewey. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that could have been better. Um, okay. I know what you're saying, but in the first one, Dewey was kind of a red herring too. I guess and that's true. Yeah, I think I think she played both parts, like Dewey's counterpart and the red herring, pretty well because she has that scene where she's like, "Hey, remember me? I went to high school with you." And that seems uh, creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way that she's looking, she has those bugged out eyes. The actress is great, uh, Marley Shelton. Yeah, everything she's in, I enjoy, and every time I look her up, which is like once a year. I'm always blown away that her name's not Mary and it's Marley. It's like, I, I, I see it and then my, then my mind like erases it and I just go back to thinking it's Mary. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. And I always I always mix her up with Heather Graham. Like, I'm always like, I, I think her roles are like Heather Graham. I don't know. Um, but she was in Sin City, Grindhouse, Sandlot, um, yeah. Valentine. And she's going to be in the new Scream movie. Yes. So that spoils the end of this Spoiler one. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine if you're listening to this, you've seen Scream 4, and it's fucking 10 years old, so get a grip. Um, so we meet her, um, you know, kind of kind of goofy. Um, we meet Robbie, um, whose face uh, infuriates me. Just unbelievably. I want to smash this guy's face in with a fucking hammer so fucking badly. It actually fucking hurts me. I, I don't He's know. He's the one... He's the one vlogging, right? Yeah, the fucking idiot wearing a headset all day at school. Fucking, I, I, dude, there's a scene where a teacher's like, hey, I told you to turn your phones off. Robbie wears a fucking headset filming everything. <laughs> fucking kidding me? What an invasion of privacy. <laughs> fucking psychotic. Lock that fucking idiot up. Um, and then we meet Charlie, who is played by Rory Culkin. Um, and he, he has a little crush on Kirby and Rory is Rory's Rory's Rory. Um, he's good in this though. Right? Like I, I like him. 
I like him. He's in he was Euronymous in Lords of Chaos. I thought he was remember fucking great that? in that. Yeah, I do. I remember people were like <laughs> Why are they doing this movie? <laughs> Idiots. Um <laughs> Fucking more of a horror movie than like like ninety percent of the shit we've covered on the show. Um, yeah. So he was Euronymous. He's I, I'm I'm loving the Culkin comeback, man. Yeah. Fucking what's the other what? one? The one that's on Secession. Kiernan. That motherfucker is like a fucking fantastic actor. It's actually crazy. He's. The shining star of that show. It's insane. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta watch it. Still oh, he's incredible. Like, it, it blows me away. Um, So, we meet those two idiots. And they're, like, they're a lot like Billy and Stu. They give off that Billy and Stu vibe, right? Well. Yes, they do. Kind of. They're they kind do. Of, they do. They're all, like, composites of the original cast, right? Like, like those are Billy and Stu vibe. But there's a little Randy thrown in there, too, because they're, like, hardcore horror fans. Um, right. Also, so it's a it's a little weird. It's a it's they're all a little bit composite of. But the, so were Billy and Stu. They were the ones doing the trivia on the phone. Well, that's true. I keep forgetting that they actually were into it. Um, and Billy was quoting Psycho. <laughs> How mad would be, who would have been madder at us getting Psycho's year mixed up? <laughs> Paul, Paul, Randy, or Billy? Now remember, Billy quotes Psycho regularly. <laughs> Who, who's more mad? Who's more angry? Uh, you, <laughs> probably Paul, because I don't think the other two would have given me that stern of a talking to. I agree with you. I think they would have been like, bro, it's not 64, whatever the fuck. Paul was 60. Act- it's 60. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I said it was 62. Paul was so fucking mad. <laughs> Dude, uh, t- we've told the story a hundred times, but for anyone that's a new listener, uh, very early on in the show, like 2015 era of the show, when we had like 30 listeners, I said – I didn't even give a definitive answer. It wasn't like I said Psycho came out in 62. Sean asked me. I was like, I don't know. I think like 62. The next day, we were doing bar trivia and Paul, not in his like typical like brash, loud mouth, cussed me out. He like pulled me aside being like, you sound like a fucking idiot. Like you got to get your shit straight. Like, you don't know when fucking Psycho came out. You have a horror show. I'm like, dude, I, it was a passing comment. <laughs> it's not like I did any research, like made a claim. I made a mistake. He's like, come on, man. It's a fucking classic. It's Hitchcock. Your fans deserve better. <laughs> fucking relax, guy. So, yeah, he... He would. He was way more bent out of shape than Billy or Randy would be. I mean, maybe maybe Randy would have done the same because Randy is Paul, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if anyone, it's Randy. I think that's it. But even Randy, I still would be a little bit softer about it. But although Randy, Randy was screaming at people for not seeing prom night, but prom night about the rules of prom night. It's like, no, it probably would have been the same. <laughs> yeah, it would. It would have definitely been the same. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So yeah, th- this is who we've got coming up in our in our cast this year. Um, we also have Trevor, who we are introduced to, uh, who is dating or was dating Jill Roberts, uh, who is Emma Roberts, um, and he's dealing with this breakup like a gall dang simp. I'll tell you that much. This guy, fucking, <laughs> fucking, crying about it. You know, just crying, and Jill is just furious about it. So, but it's never really revealed. I don't think what has happened between them and maybe that's oh yeah he cheated on her 
All right. Well, you know, then. <laughs> Wait, that's like that's like <laughs> that's like the driving force of the movie. Hey, listen. You know, I. <laughs> she, she she explicitly states it like multiple times. <laughs> yeah, but she's always like listing it. I just like tuned out. I was just like, it sounds like when I get yelled at by the women in my life, and I just end up having to be like, I don't know, I'm in trouble. I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> She's just like she because she's like she every time she talks about it, it's like a list of things. She's like, You broke my heart, you stopped talking to me, you did this, you did that, and then like ultimately I you know. Well I mean, so she is giving you an explanation. Well, yeah, I guess, but (laughs) (laughs) no gory details is what I'm saying. There's no I want. I want to know who Trevor's I know, who, fucking. Wanna, you, yeah, all right, all right, fair, fair. Who's he Trevor? Does not do that. Whose cheeks are Trevor? Is Trevor clapping, baby? <laughs> fucking high schoolers. I don't want redact this entire thing. I'm not. I don't want to find out about high schoolers clapping cheeks. Uh, Gail and uh, Sydney reconnect at Sydney's autograph signing. Gail's trying to write her own book again, having trouble. Um, so she goes to uh, check in on Sid at her autograph signing. But that's interrupted by Dewey and Judy, who have traced a phone from a crime scene to this area. Now, we did not know that they had really found the crime scene yet. Um, right. It's a kind of our introduction into it. Um, and we also Dewey get- gets a call. It's like it's like yeah. when he's with Courtney, he gets a call. Or he's now a sheriff, we know, because the word sheriff is plastered on the top and the side and the back of his fucking car. It's honestly, I've never seen anyone have their job title listed that many times. Like in case he forgets. Insanity. <laughs> Which is um, fair, though. We know that he's, he's going to a crime scene. Like, you know the office pulled together the money to do that. They were like... He keeps forgetting he's the fucking sheriff. <laughs> we got to get this body wrap put on his car. Um, but yeah, he shows up um, to say he's tracked a phone down to that area. And uh, tensions between Judy and Gail are immediate. Um, Gail is not a fan of Judy. And Judy is a very... Um, uh, and you know, much like Dewey, so I, I, you know, I take it back. I think Judy's doing good. Um, Judy is just like Dewey in the sense of like every she follows the procedures, right? So like, very by the books. Get, yeah, by the book. Gail is not allowed to like do certain things because it's a crime scene, or like Gail's not allowed to do that. And by the way, she's fucking right. She's uh, not. Yeah, she's not allowed to do that. <laughs> you're correct. And like Gail. At one point in the movie, I was like, well, you know, like, guys, fuck off. Like, Gail basically solved, like, three fucking murders, even though she's an asshole. Like, she solved three murders. But then I was like, wait, no, what a fucking mess it would be if we just allowed every idiot to, like, start meddling in, like, police affairs. (laughs) Be such a fucking disaster having fucking reporters doing police work. Like, just, just become a cop, Gail. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, I, I'm I'm on Judy's side. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, they they track the phone down, and it is in, it's in the book agent's car. Um, and they open the trunk, find a knife covered in blood. Yes, that's a that's an elaborate uh, setup, by the way. <laughs> also, I feel you know. I like, I, I've already said, I think this is one of the best, 
the best sequel. So I'm going to pick this apart. I didn't think this while I was viewing it, but now thinking back on it, that seems pretty easy to fucking trace and pinpoint who might have done that. Yeah. Only so many people have access to, to like the keys in the trunk and that know which car is hers. I mean, I just hated that entirely because it like real blood in the trunk. Like it just seems like so, this seems like so much fucking work. This sounds exhausting. No high schooler is, is going to put that much fucking effort <laughs> into doing Spoiler. anything. Spoilers. It's not Judy. Uh, um, yeah. But we do get a great scene with the girls um, and Dewey and Kirby um, where they bring the girls in because they got a call from Ghostface, right? So they they reported it after the murders were reported. And, uh, and Kirby's like, Ghostface didn't call me. Does that mean I'm next? Because the other two girls got the call. And fucking idiot asshole Dewey's like, no, of course not. Well, maybe. All right, I gotta go. And <laughs> like fucking storms out of the room. And Kirby's reaction is so fucking perfect. There's a few moments in this movie of like true, like actual reactions. And Kirby's like, are you fucking kidding me? Did you just hear that? <laughs> like, and it's like the best reaction in the movie. Cause like, how do you fucking leave a girl, a high school girl out? Like, leave her like that. Like, and leave the room. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Fuck. Fuck. Suffer tra- traumatic phone calls and their friends just died. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. There's another moment um, of just like a genuine reaction that you're like, oh, that's so fucking good. That's so well written. Mr. Kevin Williamson, give him his roses, baby. Anyway, we go to Sydney's aunt house where Jill and Trevor have a run in. Trevor is a great red, like suspect. I don't want to say red herring suspect. He is. He, so again, I didn't remember anything about this movie and you for sure thought it was him, right? My mind was like, he seems too obvious, but maybe it's a throwback to like the Billy Loomis character. And he's such a creepy weirdo that it would make total sense that he did. I, I was like, it has to be Tre- like Trevor. It's got to be maybe like there's another character that's less obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember I remember the other line. Trevor has the other like <laughs> perfect reaction of a of a high school student later on when she finds out that Kirby was going to make out with uh, Rory Culkin is the great is the greatest reaction I've ever seen. <laughs> On film, it's the most realistic portrayal of getting that news I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing in the movie. Um, yeah, so we we get that. Uh, we go to Sydney's aunt's house uh, where where Jill, who is her cousin. Oh, I already said that. <laughs> yeah. so, so so, but we're establishing that that is. That's basically Sydney's home base for the movie is the aunt's house with Jill, right? Right, right. Because uh, Sydney's now a suspect. Sydney is a suspect, and rightfully so. She is. She's no stranger to killing people. <laughs> Sydney is a murderer, right? Yes. Sydney, Sydney might be classified as a serial. Sydney has a higher body count than like most rappers that brag about killing people, like. Her body count's out of control. And all in hand-to-hand combat, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, all, no, all very inter... <laughs> most of it is very, like, interpersonal. Right. Okay, that's a better stabbing. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if she's not stabbing them, 
then it's somebody that she knows and loves that she has to shoot. <laughs> Which is crazy. Like, look dead in the eye and shoot. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Fucking Sydney. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, Sydney and Judy. Who the fuck is Judy? No. What? Oh, Judy Hicks. I don't Judy know why. Cop. I don't. Sorry. What's happening? I'm confused. <laughs> so, Sydney and Judy have a run-in in the house. And uh, this is the scene we talked about where Judy's like, remember me from high school? I was one of the lost boys. <laughs> You're like, oh, one man. Of the, one of the creepiest scenes ever. And then Sydney, Sydney's like, no, I don't. Which is like the worst thing you can say to somebody that's looking at you like that. But oh, yeah. At least humor them and be like, yeah, of course you do. Dude, <laughs> she was standing in the shadow of the corner of the house. You know, and it's like, remember me when I played a lost boy? <laughs> Dude, you just say yes to that. You, what yeah. are you doing? Yes, you did a great job. <laughs> you were fucking phenomenal. I always wanted to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. So I'd be like, no, I don't. And her be like, well... You've been under a lot of stress. Like, she's a great red herring. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's fucking, that, that scene's creepy. Uh, Olivia lives next door to Jill so they can see each other from their window. And Kirby's with Jill. And they get into, like, a little thing where they're calling each other, you know, high school stuff. Um, but they get a call from Ghostface. So, Jill is on the phone with... Uh, Olivia, who is next door, the house next door, and Kirby gets a call from Ghostface on her phone and assumes it's Trevor, but is like a little bit bugged out. And and, and Ghostface says, "Open the closet door," and she's like, "What the fuck is going on? Like this, this isn't real." And you know, because like when we watch this, like for the show, you have to think about these things, right? Like to either make a joke or point out or something. But I was like, dude, if he's in the fucking closet, like, how would she not hear him talk? Well, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I was annoyed. I thought the same thing. Because so many movies do this. And it's like, how do you not hear him? <laughs> yes. I can't whisper in my house without my son being like, what'd you say? And me being like, don't worry about it. Um. So he's saying, open the closet door. Kirby's like, you're not in there. Like, and like, but it's like a very tense situation. It's great. Opens it. Uh, and he says, I never said I was in your closet. Which is weird because he did say, like, open your closet door. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling another person. Uh, but, but granted, let's face it. The people that are writing, like, the the pe- the characters that would have been writing this, you know, probably would have done something like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> thought that was super fucking clever. <laughs> Uh, I never said it was your closet. And Olivia next door gets the fucking shit beat out of her. Just absolutely destroyed. Um, All while her two friends have to watch. And they watch it from the window. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She gets stabbed through the hand first. uh, Then the back. And then is just massacred on the bed. Yes. Absolutely just fucking destroyed. And then thrown out the window. Face first out the window. So she's like slumped over the windowsill. And then fucking Ghostface flips her over for them to see. Yes. And the room is covered in blood. Yes. I loved it. 
This movie's way bloodier than the other sequels. Yo, the room looks like something out of like Nightmare on Elm Street, right? On Elm like, Street, when, when Johnny Depp gets eaten. Yeah. It, like it's fucking blood all over the fucking room, and it's just absolutely nuts. Um just absolutely crazy. And and Sydney ended up seeing this too, because she's staying with Jill, so she had run up to see what they were screaming about. And it's just crazy. And then Sydney runs next door, which not uh the uh, the best move, uh, seeing as though everyone wants to kill her all the time, but um, she runs over there, see, and we get a fucking cut of, like, Olivia's intestines on the fucking bed. Yeah. That shit is insane. <laughs> it was insane. Um, and she definitely runs into the killer there, right? He shows up yes. to do exactly what I said. Uh, they get into a giant fight where Sydney knocks him out with a kick, a kung fu kick. He disappears into the night, um, just scurries away as her backs to to the body. Right? Yep. Um, solid, solid fucking like our first like real fucking kill of and the movie. Ghostface. The Ghostface in this one not only is it he you know more vicious with more blood, more gore, but he's way more vulgar. Yes. What he says on the phone, like how he, you know, in the in the first one, they they say you're going to slit your throat or whatever. But what he says in this one is fucking insane. <laughs> he does, but like I do think it is more in line with the the first one. Like I'm gonna gut you like a pig. Like that line always, yeah. like, um, you know, that line always gets me. There's a few lines in this that get me though with Ghostface. He's he's fucking nuts. Um, nuts. Yeah. Uh, there's a strain in Jill and Sydney's relationship. Uh, I, I don't know why. Jill, Jill, like, Olivia called her the angel of death. So Jill's, like, kind of feeding into that. And it's like, everywhere Sid goes, people die. Which, by the way, they're not wrong. Uh, it's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a reasonable thing. Like, if, if, I, if it, I had a cousin who, for the past 15 years, has murdered multiple people that I'm also related to... <laughs> And has been stalked by multiple killers. Uh, yeah, it's fair to be like, I'm, I don't want you around me. Like, you are the biggest bad luck charm I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's 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 more than bad luck, right? Because like they're following Sydney for a reason, which is <laughs> the, the the well, oh, fuck, man, three really fucked shit up in this universe. Why you say that? Because, like, if everyone, if all the other killers were involved, like, why was everyone after Sydney? Like, it doesn't really, if they were after Sydney because she became, like, famous and they were, like, trying to reenact screen, or stab, if you will. Um, well, three three was just the mommy issues. Yeah. I mean, but, that's fair. But that rewrites, like, that rewrites fucking Billy and... Stew. Why does it rewrite them? Because the brother was the one that like told them to like kill her. Well, no, he showed he showed them that her mom was sleeping with his dad, which set it off. He didn't like. He even says in in part three, he didn't tell them to kill her. He he just wanted to fuck shit up. So he showed them that they were having the affair, which then set him off to do the the murder. So Mm. he's a direct root of it, but like I don't think it changes anything. Okay. I don't know, man. Why then? Then Sydney is the worst 
bad luck charm of all time. And yeah, she should probably saying, be yeah. locked in a fucking <laughs> asylum. Um, well, she should for sure. Like I said, she she could be classified as a serial killer at this point. <laughs> um, Sydney, yeah. So yeah, that's that's that. So those are straight in that relationship. Gail is uh, chasing the case, which is now her plot point. Um, and that's where I realized I'm going to take my statement back about because I had originally been like, no, Gail, Gail helps solve crimes. And now I'm like, because it's just like she's all over the place. She's like, I'm going to fucking solve this fucking crime. And you're like, all right, well, fucking take it easy. When when both Dewey and Judy are like, please, like, just let us, just let us find some leads on this. And there's a moment, bullshit. <laughs> there's a moment. Actually, it's coming up, so I'll save it till then. But there's a moment where she like tries to rub something in Dewey's face. And it's just like, that would not have, like, Dewey letting you investigate would not have stopped this from happening. Um, But, yeah. So, Sydney's agent is fucking nutty. And, like, she hears word word of the murder. So, she's like, I got you on. Like, she booked her on all these television shows. And she's ready to, like, go. You know what I mean? And, um, and if. There's opportunity there. Yeah. And, money. and if she was supposed to be a red herring. She wasn't a very good one. I don't know if she was supposed to be or not, though. But you know, uh, you know, probably a slight one. It's a new character who yeah. has something to gain. Yeah. Sydney fires her though immediately, and then and then if you thought that was the setup to her being a red herring, because that would be cool. Um, Ghostface calls her as soon as she starts walking into the garage, uh, and a line that like I was like, that's fucking tight. Uh, was Allison Bree taking the call and he said he wanted to talk to Sydney and she's like, well, I'm Sydney's agent. Can I take a message? And he says, you are the message. And I was like, that might be the tightest ghost face line he's ever had. Like all of That's these awesome. kills in all the movies are a message to Sydney, essentially. Like, right. Yeah. And, and so for this, for him to finally be like, as if I'm, as if he's one person, but for the character to finally say, you are the message. I just fucking love that. Um, Agreed. Um, she ends up locking herself in the car in the garage, but the car won't start. You see ghost faces like swooping shadow around her. Um, yep. Maybe one of the creepier kills in the franchise in terms of just like suspending, like just like keeping you like, is this going to happen right now? Like you could not figure out what was going to happen right here. Um, it seemed a little too early for Alison Brie. Agreed. This this scene was like the most effective one in the movie. And yeah. This was the point where, because I, I watched it with Tina, obviously, I was like, I think I love this. Like, I, I remember turning to her at this point, and being like, this is like really, really well done. Yeah, I, that dude, that was the exact same thing I did. I at this point, it was like, wait, this is fucking good. Like, I'm on the edge of my seat right now over this yeah. character that's brand new, just. Like, that has not happened in the last two movies where you even gave a fuck about anybody. Yeah, right. Um, and so, yeah, so she ends up, she loses sight of Ghostface. She tries to make a run for it, and she's caught and stabbed in the parking garage. Um, yes, bummer. that's not all. That's, that's not all, because down at the bottom of the garage is uh, Dewey holding a big old press conference. <laughs> Uh, and Allison Bree is fucking thrown <laughs> off the roof of the garage and lands directly on the news van. Yes. What a fucking moment. Throwing the body from the, yeah, what, 
the most like taunting the police moment in film. I love it. And then everyone started chanting evil dies tonight and marched into the hospital (laughs) and killed a handicapped man. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I hope that happens in part five. It can only be delivered by that fucking guy, though. What, what actor is that again? Oh, the, the, the one who plays Tommy? Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that motherfucker back. Um, I, I just searched Evil Dies Tonight and somewhere on the internet. There's a Reddit post about a guy complaining that Evil Dies Tonight is not cringe. I like it, and it's a pretty good line. <laughs> and then, I mean, maybe yeah, maybe if they said it once, I'd be okay with it. But chanting it for 45 minutes? Then, then the guy, the first guy that responds is said, but Evil didn't even die that night. <laughs> <laughs> Only innocent people and a mob of hysteria-filled victims. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, that doesn't happen. Instead, what happens is Gail goes up to Dewey, who's like, goes up to see who just got fucking thrown off a fucking uh, garage. He checks on her, and Gail walks up to him and is like, it's all under control, huh, Dewey? And then, like, storms away. <laughs> he fucking, Jesus, takes a fucking... <laughs> the fucking hits keep coming, buddy. But like that's 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 the line where I was like, that is the like the last thing you need to deal. A fucking exactly. corpse just got thrown on top of you from top of a parking garage. People are being picked apart. You're giving us press conference, and it gets interrupted by that. <laughs> and then you have to deal with her coming and saying that. Your wife being like, "I fucking told you, you fucking idiot." <laughs> and also, there's nothing that get, giving Gail information would have caused to have stopped this murder from occurring. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not like it's so weird. Oh man, poor Dewey. Um. Uh, we go to Cinema Club, which... Because <laughs> now Gail's involved in her her oh, yeah. investigative journalism. Has led her, her to high school. <laughs> gets her to high school film class. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even class. It's like an interim like club. Dude, it's, it's like when our buddy Amato, who we already mentioned, I, I think it was theater class that he was in. But somehow oh, he yeah. just ran that... Somehow he like ran that class and he would just... <laughs> He showed the Gigi Allen documentary "Hated." I think we, I think we talked about it on on the show. But you would walk by, and the teacher would be doing nothing, and Mike would just dictate what they were doing that day. Dude, playing "Hated," a movie that has a scene where Gigi Allen tries to shove an unappealed banana up his ass. Which fun yeah, fact? I was I was I was in the room when that scene was on, and and the teacher was like. Hey, Mike, you promised this is appropriate for school. Did no vetting. It just took Mike's word. Who? This was the end of the year, so he knew Mike by then. Yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no reason to take his word for that. By the way, um, you know yeah. Mike within the first, like, few hours. Of, <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you know what's what you up. See, what you see is what you get with Mike. It's, it's, it's awesome. I'm not bashing Mike. No. no. Um, it's awesome. Um, 
But Mike, Mike was like, oh, yeah, it's totally appropriate. And then the teacher just sat in the back and, like, did his own thing while we were all watching it. And then he looks up while this banana's being shoved up his asshole. He goes, oh, come on, Mike, you promised me. <laughs> <laughs> because that scene lasts, like, way too long. <laughs> the fact that Gigi Allen didn't realize that, like, unpeeled bananas were soft and, like, you couldn't just, like insert it into your ass you have to like shove it in with your fingers it's like the craziest thing i've ever seen it's not it's not it's a mess it's a fucking mess even gg allen was probably disappointed in himself at that moment (laughs) um so yeah we go to cinema club which is by the way the hottest cinema club in the history of the world Fucking Hayden Panettiere and fucking oh, what's the guy's name? Fucking uh, uh the the Bobby? No, no, no. <laughs> God damn! I mean, even like, listen, I hate his fucking face, but yeah, he's fine. He's he's a he's an attractive dude. No, the other guy, the uh, the boyfriend, the boyfriend, Trevor, Trevor. Like these these are handsome and beautiful children. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is it's just a, a, these people don't join film clubs is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know, we, 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 you know, I would have loved a film club like this. Hayden Penetier talking to you about horror movies. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> I can lose my mind. Um, but I mean, yeah. we didn't have film club in high school. No, we did not. I mean, we, yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have a film class till I was in college. They had anime the club. They had anime club in the high school. They did? I didn't know that. Yeah. Sounded like a great time. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> the wine, Joe. It's the fucking wine. I gotta start drinking wine again. This is the best. Um, so in the film club, Gail's there because this is how she got information what information did she get though from them or they uh, provide information that, that, that there was going to be a party oh. well, they, they watch stab and she was like i'll i'll set up cameras there yeah so sydney yeah so sydney goes in and she asks charlie and robbie which they which do- fun fact fun fact she didn't need to attend the high school class to get this information she just <laughs> be like hey uh, where is everyone going to be uh, at she, any point in time, she could have asked the cousin that she lives with and talks to these. <laughs> talks to these. Yeah, ne- yeah, never, never had ready information. Unreal. Um. So yeah, so Sydney asks, you know, who the killer is, and Robbie, using his headset, points to who he thinks would do it. Which I actually did love that, and because like Kirby's like, look, and like shows fucking Sydney through her phone, Robbie's like live stream, and Lob- Robbie's like honing in. On Trevor, and you're like, oh, that's fucking, that's cool. Um, and then they determine that it's following a formula like uh, the first one, right? Yes. So next step is a party where people yep. will die, and <laughs> luckily enough, in this town, uh, it's a town full of ignorant pieces of shit. So they have a stabathon party every, every year on the anniversary, um, and it's happening tonight. And another great quote, uh, I think it's from Rory, where they're talking about the party scene, right? Like the 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 ultimately the the end of the movie. Um, and he says, you know, oh yeah, the guaranteed third act main cast bloodbath, which 
I just fucking dug. And it's really just talking about Scream 1, right? Like, it's just like, that's what Scream 1 was. Um, Now, I just want to note here, and again, like, this is where we can pull this part a little bit and make fun of it. Charlie tells Gail, because Gail's like, well, where's the Stabathon party? And by the way, they're watching, like, seven fucking movies in a row. It's 14 hours. Okay. It's 14 fucking hours. And Gail's like, where is it? And he's like, listen, I can't tell you that because it's a super exclusive email invite only. If you're not invited, you can't fucking come. Uh, Cut to the party. It is the biggest party, loudest party I've ever seen in my fucking life. Everyone in town would know where it was. And there's even scenes later where, uh, like, Kirby goes there and calls Jill. And it's like, oh, my God, Trevor's here. And she's like, why is he there? He's not even, he doesn't even like that stuff. (laughs) So, apparently, everyone just got the invite except Gail, which also, fair enough. Fair, because she's not a high schooler. Fucking narc. (laughs) <laughs> um so yeah so that's that's <laughs> that's fun but gail does get there and uh w- while wearing a uh, ghost face mask starts planting cameras again a little nod to the first film again of her planting the cameras at the party um uh yeah and i like that they acknowledge i don't know if they've done this in the past have they ever acknowledged that robert rodriguez was actually the director of stab or was that just he actually directed those scenes? Because he did direct those scenes. So, yeah, it was a homage to when they showed it in part two because he did direct those scenes. And in this one, it says directed or a film by Robert. Redford. I thought that I was, thought was so was, fucking was cool. cool. Yeah. That was awesome, dude. That I fucking loved that. Um, Robert Rodriguez, by the way, directing the book of Boba Fett, or at least the first episode. I still haven't watched it. Uh, yeah, well, you, you? you'll know it's him immediately. Because I was like, that's weird. This seems like a Robert Rodriguez thing. And then it, it was. Dude, there's a point where it's just shot on, like, super grainy, like, Super 8 film. <laughs> and it's constantly playing, like, Western music <laughs> throughout it. So I was like, that's weird. That seems like a lot like Robert Rodriguez. And he uh, he directed it. So. Well, there you go. Um Gail has these cameras on for about 30 seconds before Ghostface fucking turns them off. And she's like, huh. (laughs) (laughs) Ghostface knows immediately. That's probably not a good sign. And she calls Dewey. And Dewey blows her off. Which is weird. Because she's like, I'm pretty sure the killer just turned off all my cameras. Um, So this results in Gail and Ghostface having a showdown as she goes up to try and figure out what's going on with the cameras. Um, and she's stabbed in the shoulder of all places. Ah, this showdown was a little rough for me. Uh, she could have killed Gail here easily. Yep. Gail dead to rights. Nothing even stops her from stabbing. Because Dewey fires shots, but that's not until after she's already stabbed Gail. Or right. they, they've already stabbed Gail. Um, so, and Dewey uh, shows up to save the day. We're shot in the history of the world, maybe? Like... Tina said the same thing. How is he that bad? At dude, dude, it is like the cleanest shot to shoot Ghostface, and he like pings it off of like a can, like ten feet away from Ghostface, <laughs> scare him off like a raccoon. Um, but Gail did find after being stabbed. Gail did find that they that Ghostface had set up cameras of his own. 
<laughs> and was filming her. So the killer is making his own movie, according to Gail. Yes. According Which to they in that um, school scene, they talked about the remakes and how yeah. this killer would be, you know, doing a remake, which makes sense. Yeah. Because the events happened 15 years before. So I like that tidbit. Yeah. And we haven't talked about these two yet. Anthony Anderson and Adam Brody are in this movie as, poli- <laughs> as like police, police officers that are guarding the house. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they've been in and out for most of the movie. Um, uh, but they both get got here. Um, and this a- and Anthony Anderson scene is actually like fucked up. Like it's it's crazy because Ghostface, as Joe mentioned earlier, stabs him in the fucking forehead. Yeah. <laughs> now this scene is fucking perfect until the very fucking end of it, because I think it's crazy. Like, and and I read that Wes Craven had like seen a documentary of somebody that got stabbed in the head and like <laughs> w- walked himself into the emergency room, and I mean he ultimately died, but um. Like, was able to walk, right? And, like, that shit, like, bugs me out. Um, yeah. And, like, like, like being alive and knowing, I, I don't know, it's just fucking gruesome. Um, so, Anthony Anderson, like, gets out and walks away. He falls to his knees and says, fuck Bruce Willis. <laughs> and dies. And now that's a callback well, to, like, a, a very useless scene of him talking to Adam Brody about. Yeah, they're, they're talking about how cops always survive. Yeah. Or, or cops always die, and he's like, "Well, no, haven't you seen Die Hard?" So that's why he says, "Fuck as well." Yeah, but like, <laughs> okay, cool. Those are your last fucking words, like, like, <laughs> not like, "Help me." While this is all happening, though, Sydney's still inside the house um, and gets a ghost face call, who threatens her family. So she immediately is like, "They're gonna kill Jill." Goes up, check on Jill. Jill's gone. She snuck out to the movie marathon. So they go to save. They She goes downstairs, gets her aunt, and they're like, we got to go save her. But now there are two ghost faces, for sure, stalking the house, right? They go to the back door. There's a ghost face. They see the reflection. They run to the front door, and ghost face is running up to the front door. So um, I, at this point, to me, we've got two, baby. We got two ghost faces. Um Luckily, they're able to close them out, lock the doors, but old auntie gets got with a knife through the mail slot. <laughs> Classic. I liked it. I thought it was cool, man. I did too. I did too. Um, it's a little corny. It's a little cool. I like it all. Um, but uh, ultimately, Cindy gets away, and uh, Gail ends up getting medical attention for her wound, so all is well in the world. But we go to Kirby's house, which... Um, that uh, this doesn't make a lot of sense, actually. Really, when you think about who the killers are, and we're all at Kirby's house now. But, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Dewey, Dewey confirmed killer, part five, for sure, for sure. Um, Trevor. Uh, so it's the whole gang of kids at at, at uh, Kirby's house. And then Trevor shows up uninvited, uninvited, saying Jill had invited him, but that doesn't appear to be the case. Um, Kirby and Charlie, and, and and to add to his red hearing, um, Hayden Penetier's character is like, 
didn't you lose your phone? He's like, yeah, I just got a new one. Like everything that he says is suspect. Dude, everything. Like- and the way he says it is so like. <laughs> yeah, he's the most suspicious person. Of <laughs> on planet Earth. Like you could have probably pinned eight <laughs> murders on him. <laughs> and the cops, you would have been arrested and tried. Because uh, the way he talks is so insane. Like he never gives clear answers. Like like what you said, like about the phone. He's like, oh, yeah, I just got one. <laughs> Yeah, and then immediately looks looks like around with shifty eyes. Right, and him and the like, that's fucking weird. And he's like, okay, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> um, so for sure, like super weird. And then Charlie, who's played by Rory Culkin, and Kirby have a moment, and Kirby's like, you need to make a move. And they have this moment where you're like, oh shit, Cur- fucking Charlie getting the girl, <laughs> which is interrupted by Trevor. In the most like <laughs> insane, like like it's happened to you a million times if you ever went to college or anything. Like it's happened to everyone. Like somebody just bursts into the room and it's like, so we fucking party or what? And you're like, God fucking damn it. Um uh yeah, and in yeah, and he also mentions that he didn't see Jill outside, so that's a little weird. But also Trevor becomes goaded in this moment when <laughs> when when Charlie like storms away, like because he was about to kiss, you know, Kirby. I granted, I'd be furious, um, but he storms away, and, and Trevor's like, "Did I interrupt something?" And Kirby's just staring at him, and his reaction is like what anyone's reaction would be if you found out Hayden Panettiere was going to kiss this version of Rory Culkin, and he just says, "Shut." the fuck up (laughs) and he is so stunned by this revelation like it's honestly the most pure revelation he's like holy shit and then he just like walks away like stuttering being like i can't believe this is happening right now (laughs) it's like he's not even mad about it it's not even like the asshole jock it's just like you've got to be kidding me (laughs) my favorite moment in the movie um Meanwhile, while this all is happening, uh, Robbie, the fucking dickhead, is uh, vlogging <laughs> outside. Oh, dude, can you imagine somebody? And I'm sure this happens now with social media. We weren't privy to it, though. But, like, can you imagine, like, your drunk high school friends, like, posting videos of themselves while they're drunk? Like, Robbie, like, fucking walks into a plant hanger and is like, hey, guys, this is Robbie. I'm so drunk. Oh, it is the fucking worst thing to watch in the world. Um, But he gets got. He gets got. And again, just so much fucking blood. Just blood everywhere. Yes. Uh, It's fucking insane. Um, Inside the house, though, Trevor's gone missing. Uh, Jill comes downstairs, and they're like, hey, where's Trevor? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't see him. And Kirby's like the only one putting shit together. And is like, like, her face is like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Like... How are you guys never seeing each other? Um, but this is interrupted by Robbie dying on the doorsteps. Yep. And Ghostface storming the house. So we have entered uh, the first conclusion of the movie, essentially. Um, he chases Sydney out onto the roof, uh, clotheslines the shit out of Sydney, uh, who barely manages to escape. Sydney and Kirby end up in the basement together, and Rory shows up covered in blood, banging on the door, begging to come in. Um, and Sydney's like, "You can't let him in unless you like fully trust him." Unless you fully trust him, which 
I loved and and I loved uh, Culkin's acting in this too. Just be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's gonna let fucking, me die. It's fucking great. Um, and he's attacked by Ghostface, dragged away, and recreates the classic scene from the first film, which is being tied yes. up in the chair. Yes, Drew Barrymore's boyfriend. Yep. Um, and then they get a call from Charlie's phone, and it's Ghostface. And Kirby has a cool moment here talking to Ghostface. It's again, it's like different than Randy, but like very Randy esque in a way. Um, and like when she starts, he asks a question about like he's like he doesn't even get to finish the question. He's like which remake, and he's about to say, it. and she, she starts listing like every remake made in the last like ten years, and it's fucking cool. Um, and she's like, "Did I get it? Did I get it?" And there's no answer. Um, so she runs outside. She thinks she's got him. Which, poor decision. Man. I mean, that's the worst decision of all time. <laughs> and uh, but Why are we she, not calling 911? Yeah, I mean, that would be the number one thing to do, I, I, I think. <laughs> well, I think Neb be like, I called. won. <laughs> I S- fucking won the trivia. Sydney called while on the roof. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. She probably got word. I mean, I would, I would keep calling. Yeah, I would just probably also do that. Where like, the fuck yeah. are you? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like, why is this thing? There are like seven houses here. Like, you need to get your ass over here. Um, yeah. Uh, so Kirby runs out to go untie Charlie, who fucking stabs her, and we get our first reveal here. Old Charlie Rory Culkin is one of the killers. Yes. He says this. He's pissed that. I mean, I feel like her coming on to him would have changed things. Listen to me. Listen to me. She could have fucking dragged my name through the mud for fucking 15 years. Hayden Panettiere. And if she finally was like, I fucking want you. Your slate yeah, is everything, clean, Hayden. <laughs> dude, everything's cleared. Especially if you're looking like Rory looks in the <laughs> Fucking, get, yes. Uh, yes, Hayden, We, you're good. We are good. We're, hey, <laughs> hey, other killer, uh, cancel the plans. Dude, and, and, and she, he doesn't even say she was mean to him. He's just like, you never even looked at me. You didn't notice me, yeah. <laughs> Big fucking shit. If she does now, you dumb shit. Like, that literally changes everything. Dude, and he's like four years. So it's not even like since elementary school. Like, bro, w- w- look at her. Look at her. Of course she didn't notice you. You fucking kidding me? <laughs> Jesus. Holy man. Yeah, but he, but he stabs her and he's like, now you want to fucking notice me? <laughs> <laughs> I, and by the way, I just need to say this. Like, I'm trying not to sound like a creep, but like Hayden Pentier, I don't have a lot of celebrity crushes. I don't. I don't love them. Hayden Panettiere is one, though. I think she's absolutely fucking gorgeous. Like, I think she's, like, insane. Um, and, like, so, like, for me, like, this was, like, hey, Rory, you fucking... <laughs> that kiss, I would have called off the whole fucking plan. I would have called the cops yeah. on the other killer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that that's probably the most reasonable reaction for somebody of Rory's stature. Yeah. Or like my stature in high school. Like, dude, really think about that in high school. You're like in high school, I was just bang like I would have begged anyone to like me or even kiss me. Like I would have like for sure if Aiden Pentier was like, I want to kiss you, I'd be like, okay. I've gotta go make a couple calls. I'll be right fucking back. 
Uh, I would have been that desperate. Um, so Charlie, Charlie's our killer here, man. And did, now, have you read that uh, Kirby was not supposed to die in this scene ever? Uh, Wes Craven had I wrote that she was supposed to survive. Um, and if you see her in this scene, by the way, Wes Craven was like, yeah, if you look at the scene, she's actually writhing in pain uh, the last time you see her. Hey, Wes, that happens to everyone that dies in your fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) Every person that dies, like, flops around like a fish for a minute and then dies. That doesn't mean anything, but that's fine. That's fine if you want to, if that's your thing. That's fine. Um, But uh, Kirby was supposed to survive this. I would love to find out that she's in the fifth one. I don't think she is, but um, I would have loved that. I think she's fucking, I I just think she's great. I think she's fucking great. That's all I've got to say about that. Um, so he, Charlie goes in the house, he gets Sydney, um, who escapes from Charlie's clutches, but gets got by Ghostface number two. She gets stabbed and it's her cousin, Jill. Yes. So Jill, Emma Roberts and Rory Culkin are our killers here. Um, shout out. I want to shout out. Uh, long-time listener, we'll say DP, Diana. Yeah. Um, she has a very big problem because she asked what I thought of Scream 4. She has a very big problem with the fact that she's this girl's revealed as the killer, but when she was standing outside next to Rory, she's the same height as him when Jill's like four foot five. So, you know, it, it's it's a solid qualm. What? But, 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 Jill, wait. Jill wears fucking lifts like the entire movie because it's a known thing. Like she, they brought her up to like elevate her height close to everyone else. Okay. So like, so like the characters taller than the actress. Yes. Yes. The character is taller than the actress because I I read that and I was like, that's a stupid fact. (laughs) But now, now it makes sense in terms of that. I never, I didn't even think about it for that. But yeah, they actually brought that she had to wear lifts like for almost every scene because they wanted her to be the same or similar height to everyone else. Got it. All right. I'll allow it. Let it fly, baby. Let it fly. Um, also, it's always it's always interesting that Scream kind of relies, I feel like, on this element of like um, the killers are exactly the same. So, like, you can't tell which killer's which, who kills who, right? Right. For the most part, unless at the end they're like, "Yeah, I did that, and it was nuts." You know what I mean? Right. And they, I think, they rely on that heavily for a lot of like <laughs> the fucking shit where you're like. Well, why was Ghostface like 10 times taller? And it happens that one of the killers is taller. You know, it's like one of those things. So right. um, I think that's what they rely on like a lot. But anyway, so it's Jill. Sydney stabbed. She's trapped. They got Trevor tied up. They pull that out. Reminiscent of the first movie again. Uh, yes. Uh, with anyone, the dad or who, who the fuck else is tied up. I don't know. Um, I love Jill's fucking plan. For this whole thing, by the way, I think, I think Jill's plan here is, right, well, let's get through it and then I'll, I'll, and then I'll explain. So Charlie and Jill are in on this together. Uh, he, Charlie even says this time Randy gets the girl and like kisses Jill. 
Then they decide to stab each other, and they're even like, oh, dude, the scene is, like, fucking wild, too. Because, like, the way Rory's acting is just so... It's very similar to Billy and Stu, right? Like, it reminds you of being very a kid. Similar. Like, reminds but you of not being a as, kid. not as obnoxious as Oliphant. <laughs> no, no don't bring that shit up. That's fucking <laughs> insane. That doesn't matter. That is idiotic. Um and they're even talking about Billy and Stu. And that's creeped me out about four is like, they're more alluding to like, kind of like that school shooting mentality of like the school shooters after Columbine that were like, I want to be, Col-. you know what I mean? That would post shit online. I thought the same thing. Yeah. And like, you're like, oh fuck. Cause like Rory's slapping himself in the face and he's like, just like Billy and Stu, just like Billy and Stu. And you're like, oh, that's so fucked. Like, that's so creepy and real. Like, um, but Jill stabs Charlie right in the fucking heart and then right yes. in the stomach. And uh, he dies shaking, which must mean that he's still alive. <laughs> uh, it's a brutal kill. And Jill basically explains, um, you know, that you only need one survivor. That's that's really, that's the, that's the key to this. And Jill also has a line to, because like her and Sydney have this big, talk about everything and and Cindy's like or um Jill's like this wasn't about killing you it was about becoming you and I was like yes that is she talks about how her whole life like everything's been overshadowed because all anyone ever wanted to talk about was Sydney yep which by the way they show in this movie right like when Gail's like I'll come to your stupid movie club the two kids are like well what about Sydney you know what I mean? So this movie's yes. really well made in like, and and there's some stuff later on too, where they kind of like call back to these moments and you're like, oh, this is like, this is what they were talking about. So it all adds up and it, it's just like real, it's a nice package in this movie. I really like it a lot. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And she does the unthinkable and stabs Sydney right in the fucking gut. Right. And, and kills Sydney right there. Sydney's laying on the ground, bleeding out. Yes. Jill then gets to work. I'm putting together a masterful crime scene. And this is what I was talking about before. I think this is the way suspend your disbelief way more than like um, Billy and Stu's plan. Right. Cause dude, imagine the cops showing up and Billy and Stu are the only ones alive. And they're like, Hey man, uh, <laughs> everyone killed, tried to kill us. <laughs> Get in the fucking car. car. You're both under arrest. You obviously killed all these fucking people. You fucking. I I, I, I agree. I actually thought of that and like wanted to say that in the first one. Like their plan would fall short. As soon as somebody came up and saw those two idiots, be like, uh, it kind of looks like you two just stabbed each other (laughs) and uh, killed everybody else. (laughs) It's for sure looks like that. Like, and it's it's like it's people that are like known to the town as just being obnoxious idiot assholes like they they would be like yeah no those guys for sure killed everybody (laughs) um but i think jill's plan on the other hand suspend your disbelief a bit more and uh, especially the way she lays out the whole crime scene right like she pulls out her own hair and puts it in one of the guy's hands stabs herself she smashes her head into a fucking (laughs) frame falls through takes the guy's takes the guy's hands and scratches her face so her dna would be under the fingernails that's and then lays next to Sydney, right? Like, you couldn't think, like, I, I genuinely appreciated the thought put into this ending. Well, okay. 
ending one, right? <laughs> the first ending, which is this. I, I yeah. love the thought of it. Like, I was like, wow, like, this is tight. And, I, you know, I don't want to say it's better than the first Scream, like, play out. But, like, I was like, it's a better plan for sure. Like, like, and, and this was Jill's plan, right? Was to get the sympathetic um, victim. She wanted to be the victim so fucking badly. Correct. And as she's getting wheeled out of the house, the cops end up showing up. Dewey shows up. Um, also, somehow, the Woodsboro Press is like 18,000 reporters in Woodsboro for some reason. But that's fine. They show up to the house and they're like trying to interview her as she's like getting rolled out. And she's got a big smile on her face. And you're like, oh, that's fucking great. That's fucking great. Although the reporters would probably be like, why is, she so- why is that girl smiling? <laughs> um but back in the, they get to the hospital and Dewey talks to Jill and Jill mentions that her and Gail will be a great team with their matching wounds. And uh, Dewey reveals that Sydney isn't dead and she's probably going to make it. And I love this scene so much. Dude, Emma Roberts acting in this scene, like I thought was great. And Dewey's even was just like the way he was talking was just like, dude, I think like don't, <laughs> He's like thinking Jill's gonna be excited. He's like, "Don't hold me to it," but like, she, she's gonna we make. Think she's gonna live. Like, we actually think she might live. And like, Jill's like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> and then like, pops out of bed and is like, "I'm gotta find fucking Sydney." After Julie leaves, of course. I love that conversation, and I agree. Like, I think their acting is great, and like, you you could feel the anxiety that she's feeling yes. at that time. Yeah. Holy shit. But this is where I think it kind of, like, they should have stopped while they were ahead somehow. Because this is kind of where it gets off the rails for me. There's no way anybody that experienced trauma like this, for such a a high publicity crime scene, she would be guarded by police. She's not getting out of bed. She's not walking down the hospital undetected. She's not making her way all the way to ICU and somehow finding Sydney (laughs) with nobody noticing it Nobody was knows. yeah. It was very much like a Halloween esque hospital where you just fucking walk around, do whatever you. For some reason, as soon as it turns dark at a hospital, everyone just leaves. There's just nobody there. <laughs> Patients just fend for themselves. Yeah, it's so crazy how they do that. But uh, uh, it's so funny actually too. Like I mean, your your wife has had two kids. Uh, I remember being in the hospital with my ex wife when James was born, and like. It's actually so fucking loud and bright everywhere that you actually can't even, like, close your fucking eyes. Like, you're just like, this is a fucking nightmare. It's so fucking loud and bright. And there's just nothing. There's, there's so many fucking people. As soon as you close your eyes to get some sleep, somebody walks in. It's like, is everyone okay in here? Yeah, we're fucking fine. Dude, dude. So, <laughs> well, I've had a C-section both times. And yep. you have to stay, you know, minimum three Same, days. Yeah. And that is the fucking... Fact for those who haven't experienced that, as soon as you finally get some some quiet, if the baby's not waking you up, a doctor's just coming in and be like, "Hey, how's everything going in here?" Like, uh, fine, get the fuck out of here. I'll call you if I need you. Yeah, that, I was gonna mention that. Like, I was gonna say that, but yeah, ours was a C-section also, so it's the same thing. Hey, dude, it's fucking nuts because like the baby's just like crying. And once this finally settled, you're like, holy shit, I can actually sleep right now. <laughs> Literally, they're like, oh, once an hour check-in to make everything. Okay, yeah, everything's fucking fine. You have, she's wired up. You know everything's fucking fine. Shut the fuck up. What are we doing here? 
idiot. <laughs> Most infuriating shit I've ever seen. Anyway. So, yeah, I get that. And I get that, like, even as we go into this ending a little bit more, um, it's a little corny. It's a little stupid. It's a little weird. But, like, I still liked it. I, I liked it. Like, I, I just dug it. it. It was so much better than 2 and 3 that just, like, it's it's crazy. It's like, I I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so. Well, do- you, do, you do get a good, uh, a good use of defibrillators. Um, the best also, use since Jagenberg. <laughs> dude, that's what I was gonna. I was trying to figure out how I'd work Jagenberg into this, but that you got it. <laughs> the best. Use, I haven't seen defibrillators used that well since uh, a kid in Joe's college ran out of the woods holding them. Uh, also, like covered in dirt and and maybe leaves, yeah. <laughs> leaves and comes out with a defibrillator. Asking if anyone knows how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, like no one did. Um, <laughs> do because, like, you know, that wasn't being used for the right reason. Obviously, of course not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dewey uh, then goes check on Gail, um, <laughs> who he like relays what he talked to with Jill, and Gail's like, "Hey, idiot." How did she know that I had the same wound as her? And then Dewey's like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) runs to go save Sydney, who is now very much under attack in the ICU, um, being just getting the shit beat out of her by Jill. It's a cage fight, man. Sydney is like no holds bar. She is always in fights, man. She is just. Yeah, she threw down with her stepbrother last (laughs) time. Dude, dude, those punches to the face were unbelievable. Um, Dewey shows up and he takes the old Vinnie Mac uh, fucking bedpan to the head, incapacitating <laughs> him. <laughs> Poor fucking Dewey, man. This fucking guy. <laughs> I mean, she bludgeons him with that. Uh, she does. She does. Um, <laughs> uh, and and then so so Dewey's down, Sid's down, and then Gail shows up, but. She's Jill's got her dead to rights with a gun. Thankfully, Officer Hicks dives in, takes a bullet for her, and uh, they both go hiding. Um, or does she take a bullet there, or is it after? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyway, Hicks will take a bullet eventually. Um, but she has to give up the gun to save Dewey, because she's got Dewey dead to rights. Um, Gail stands up. She's about to be executed by Jill. She says, can I just... <laughs> Which is like the most insane question. Um, to ask anyone, <laughs> can I just have one final word? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, sure. And then immediately shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? So Jill's like, yeah, what's it going to be? Please don't kill me. <laughs> more than one word. Uh, and Gail says clear. And see, this I like this. This I fucking like. Oh, if you're down with this, then I'm down with it, brother. I, I actually like this. I could get how people are like, that's corny. I think it's fucking nah, fine. I, listen, I'm all for a one-liner. That's a great one-liner. Yeah. Clear. And then fucking Cindy stands up and is like, clear. And fucking defibrillates her fucking brain. <laughs> yeah, I fuck with that. Um, and then, Yeah, the, the, the path of her getting there, not so much, yeah. but... That well, that scene, great. And then Sydney says, "You forgot about the first rule of remakes: don't fuck with the original." That is 
tight. I'm fine with that. I like it. I like it. Um, Jill has one more attempt, though, to try and stab them with a piece of glass, and Sydney shoots her right in the chest. Again, this Sydney is cold as ice, baby. She <laughs> shoots her baby cousin right in the chest. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Hicks pops up to remind us she's still alive. <laughs> and Gail's like, oh, dude, being... Being almost killed in the screen must be one of the most insulting things in the world because the main cast is always just like, oh, God, I'm so glad you're alive. And then you always end up popping up after being like, oh, don't worry, guys. I'm also okay. (laughs) And they're like, oh, yeah. How did that happen? (laughs) Like, how are you okay? (laughs) And Hicks is like, oh, it's fine. Wear a vest. Save your chest. And then she faints, Um, which is funny because the last movie (laughs) Uh, they were just getting blasted by fucking, like, 18 bullets with uh, their fucking bulletproof vest. Um, and what I love here, too, at the end is uh, the news. It cuts to all the reporters outside praising Jill Roberts as a hero. They have not gotten the news yet, you know, obviously, of what happened inside the hospital. and It's exactly what she would have wanted, right? And I was talking about how they kind of like tie things back together. Like this was what Jill want. Like it was so close to happening. Yes. Like, like the news was like Jill Roberts, the hero that saved like Woodsboro. And, and it's just like, Oh my God, that's so nuts. Like it's exactly, it went the way she wanted. Went, up yeah, until the yeah. end. She, she did it and she just failed yep. miserably. <laughs> so I guess she didn't do it. <laughs> now here's a good little tip. That's the end of the movie, but here's a good little tip. The hospital finale scenes were added on later in the writing process. The original script ended at the house with Jill being loaded into the ambulance and speaking to Dewey, then agreeing to give the photographers one photo (laughs) while she's on a gurney under the pretense that they would then leave her alone. Like she was like, you know, pretending that she wanted to be left alone, obviously. Um, just then a paramedic from inside the house shouts that they have a woman alive, not specified, but assumed to be either Sydney or Kirby. The film would have ended on this cliffhanger, presumably setting Jill up as an antagonist anti-heroine in the next film. There were rumors that Sydney would possibly be suffering from amnesia in the next film. (laughs) Unable to recall that Jill was the killer. There was also there were also rumors that Williamson was upset that this ending was changed. <laughs> the most Williamson uh, rumor of all time. Of course, that's what happened, and of course, that's why they brought in rewriters because they were like, "Can we please wrap this the fuck up?" <laughs> Fucking Sydney. Had, like, I feel like Kevin Williamson does this thing where he writes like a solid script, and then is like, and then she has amnesia. <laughs> And then guess what? Then she has a stepbrother that she doesn't know about. <laughs> and this was all him. Like he's got the, I, you know what I think? I think his strong suit is dialogue. I think that's what it is. I don't think his stories are great or maybe, I don't know. I mean, obviously the first I mean, one was great. I, I fuck with his stories. I fuck with his dialogue. It's just, I think he, he adds in too much extra shit that's not needed. Yeah. yeah you don't need not- this to be a fucking stepbrother. Why can't it just be a copycat killer for fuck's sake? <laughs> Unknown family members, even in this one, 
She's never once mentioned a fucking cousin or an aunt that she's close with. Not once. We've sat through six hours of movies with Sydney. I'm like, can we? I mean, thankfully, thank God, her mom didn't come up in this one. Yeah. That's the one thing we could be thankful for. Uh, that, that they were like, that fucking whore, Maureen. <laughs> thank fucking God we got rid of that. That was fucking out of control. Um, and that's the end of four, man. I am pumped for five. I love four. I think four is. So what's your ranking of the movies? Man, I think I'm going to go. Well, I know I'm going to go one, four, two, three. Yeah, that, that's mine also. Three is. But, but. Two and three are interchangeable. Three, yeah, I was going to say three could be, depending on my mood, three could be ahead of two. Because two two's fucking four hours long. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? Just out of spite for that, I'm putting three ahead of it. It's weird, like right, like and two, two has yeah, no, it, Jerry O'Connell singing. Two, two has the, the the I think I love you scene, and it has Timothy Oliphant. Right, be like what a twist! <laughs> what? <laughs> His what? hair suddenly is like spiky and like all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, spitting blood out. Three is. Getting top billing. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm in the same boat. I think two and three are interchangeable. And like, again, like I'm not, I don't hate them. I, I, I'm excited to watch them next year. Cause I think I'm going to watch them every um, January now or December. I don't know. One of them. I just like them. I, I, I genuinely like them. They're fun fucking watch, man. Um, they are. Yeah, first one's in the league of its own. League of its uh, own, man, it's crazy. Four is way better than expected, and then and than what I think people give credit for. And the other two are fun. They are fun. They have great moments, but they also have really stupid moments. And it's so crazy that four was supposed to be this reboot. Like it seemed like this was like the new class of kids kind of thing. Um, and they kind of just like. That was it, man. That was a wrap for it. They were just done with it. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with five. I I, I have high hopes for it. I, I've never, you know, I don't know. I think I think it's cool. What a ride, man. 96 yeah. to 2011. And this is Wes Craven's last movie that he uh, makes. Yeah. Yep. Honestly, a great one to go out on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of reclaim the franchise. Um which sucks because again, like they, it got shit on for God knows how long, and only this year are people like, "Wait, this movie fucking rocks!" Like this is yeah. a good fucking movie. Like, uh, dude, like it, it, it holds. It's so good. I, I really liked it a lot. I don't. For sure. I know. I know what's gonna happen when I say this, so I don't want to say it. But I like. I kind of love. I kinda, I kind of like four more than one in some ways. You don't. In some ways. In some ways, I, I like it. In some ways, there's elements that I like a lot. Like more what? I, the gore is fucking wild, baby. <laughs> I do that. Okay. All right. I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it back. <laughs> Listen, there's already people going to be mad that we... Fucking there's flabbergasted. Be, there's people that are going to be mad. There's people that are going to be mad that I put it ahead of like three and two. So... <laughs> I don't think there's anyone that's going to be okay with that. I just like four a lot, man. It was a fun, easy watch. Like, 
Yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm in clear agreement with you, but you, I know. Let's just I, leave it. At, let's leave it there. Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> oh man, what a night! What a night, guys! Thank you so much for listening. Next week we have Scream Five, the end of the Scream series. Boy, what a ride it's been! Um, excited to do that. Go check out our Patreon. We've been reviewing all of the. Uh, Scream soundtracks. That's been super fun. Um, tonight we did not do that because the Scream 5 4 soundtrack is not a real soundtrack. Um, but we did talk about the Grammys a bit. We talked about music. Um, yeah. Of course, went off on our typical tangents about things. So um, you'll hear us talk about the Beatles for, for a while <laughs> and some other things. Um, so head on over there, patreon.com slash I hate horror. And, uh, you know, all, all of our Patreon members, um, whenever we release new stickers, uh, there, they get them for free. So they just got our new D'Amato stickers, uh, made by, uh, at ill underscore trace on Instagram. I think that's her name. Um, they're fucking phenomenal. So they all got sent that and our mangle expert tiers got a very exclusive. They're going out this week. Uh, <laughs> Lou fart rigno magnet. Um, so I think, I think we're going to try and do that more. Like maybe every six months, like release something just for the mangle expert tears. You know what I mean? And, uh, give them something to look forward to. Um, something fun. So we did that, um, and appreciate all of them and that, you know, they keep this thing going. So thank you all so much for that. Um, we're at uh, Instagram.com slash I hate horror, I hate horror.com, Facebook.com slash I hate horror. Uh, if you head on over to our website, I hate horror.com, uh, we still have like a super limited amount of merch left. Um, everyone kind of grabbed up a lot of the sizes. Um, so go check that out real quick. Uh, we got some long sleeves, we've got short sleeves available. Um, yeah, you'll see the ones that are sold out. It's a bummer. But, you know, head on over there. There's not a ton left. I'd probably say five or less of every size. Um, so check that out if you want a long sleeve or a short sleeve of our new T-shirt, which I love, man. The material is so good. Yeah, for, uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's fucking crazy. We we got the best Buttersoft tees, the best merch game on the planet, <laughs> baby, or at least in the horror field. <laughs> Um, that's it, man. Thanks to Joe. Thank you all. Um, Joe, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, Boognish1985. Awesome, man. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. Uh, and for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. I'm a fucking zombie getting sliced and diced. <laughs> <laughs>